from Romans chapter 12, verses six to eight. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a person's gift is prophesying, let them use it in proportion to their faith. If it is serving, let them serve. If it is teaching, let them teach. If it is encouraging, then let them encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let them give generously. If it is leadership, let them govern diligently. And if it is showing mercy, let them do it cheerfully. This is the word of God. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Emily. It's lovely to meet you. What better way to start than start with a bang. Get ready to catch, lovely. If it comes your way, catch it. Wow, these go really far. This is amazing. Oh, off the wall. Oh, I thought you got that, Joe. Oh, we're out. I should have brought two guns. That would have been great, wouldn't it? Uh, for the benefit of those listening back to this talk, I've just fired a Nerf gun with Nerf bullets around the room. Uh, it was class. Sorry, you missed it. Now, if you caught a Nerf bullet, uh, can you please shout out to me what it says on it? Anyone? If it fell near you, can you pick it up and tell me what it says? Singing. Great. Have I got another one? Listening. Thank you, Terry. Anyone else? Cooking. I don't want. <laughs> Thanks, Hadley. Have I have it back? I will at the end. I will need these back at the end. They belong to all eight youth. They'll be very sad if we lose them. Any other ones? Someone down here might have been prophesying. Yeah, teaching, preaching. Oh, good job, guys. Well done. <laughs> what uh, What do all of these things sound like to you? A list, that's a good start. Uh, the clue is in the verse that we had just now. Gifts, I had gifts. Absolutely, they all sound like gifts. Well, hopefully they do. Some of us, they're gifts that we don't want, apparently, but that's all right. <laughs> um, and why don't we just pause and uh, make some observations about what just happened together, other than me being a little bit crazy. Um, did anyone ask me to fire out those gifts today? No. Um, did anyone choose which of the gifts got fired to them? No. But those of you who caught the gifts, do you now, let's just imagine that is a gift that you've just earned. Do you now possess that gift? Yeah. Awesome. We all have different gifts. They are the very first words used in our passage today. We all have different gifts. Not some of us have gifts or some of us might have gifts one day, or the special people of God have gifts, or even we all have the exact same gift. No, God wants to make clear to us in his word, we all have different gifts. And if I had time and access to 100 Nerf bullets, then I would have fired them all over the room, um, and everyone would have had one. But for the benefit of our time together now, let's assume we did all receive one. Because the reality is, in this room right now, every single one of us has a gift. And quite likely, we have more than one gift. I have gifts, and you have gifts, and what they are differs, and how we use them differs, but we all have a gift, or gifts. Is the word gift starting to sound weird to you now, because it is to me? <laughs> well, what does this word gift actually mean? And the Hebrew word used here in our passage is a word called charismata. And the definition of that word, there's a definition I found that says, charismata is an extraordinary power given by the Holy Spirit. These are believed by followers to be supernatural graces, which individual Christians need 
to fulfill the mission of the church. Doesn't that sound awesome? Extraordinary power, sounds so good, (laughs) sounds epic. But what I find even more epic is that sweet phrase, supernatural graces. Because power is awesome, but if we look back at the very start of that passage, we see that it all starts with grace. The verse says, we all have different gifts according to the grace given to all of us. So let's come back to those questions I asked a few moments ago. Did anyone ask for a gift? No. Did anyone choose the gift given to them? No. But do we all have gifts? Yes. So who do the gifts speak more about? The beholder of the gift or the giver of the gift? Before we get into thinking about what gifts we have and how we're going to use them and how they could go on to bless God's kingdom, we have to look at the one who gives us the gifts in the first place the grace-filled, beautiful creator, God himself. So if we ask those questions again and think about them slightly differently, does God need to give us gifts? No. Does God need us to help his kingdom to come to earth? No. But does God delight in giving us gifts and inviting us to be part of his kingdom coming? Absolutely. I don't have gifts because I'm great. I don't have gifts because I've clenched my fists and I've scrunched my face up and I've like mustered them out of thin air somehow. I don't have gifts because I'm some kind of special chosen person. I have gifts and you have gifts and we all have different gifts because God loves us. That's it. God loves us. God delights in us. God is a magnificent creator because God is gracious and he loves us being part of seeing his kingdom come to earth. Let's roll with this analogy for a second. Imagine, I feel like I make a lot of Marvel references in talks, sorry. Imagine Iron Man, Tony Stark himself, walks into the room and says, I have a a super Iron Man suit for every single one of you. They all do slightly different things, but there's one for everyone. So grab a suit, keep it, use it, because I would like, I don't need, but I would like you to be part of helping me save the world. Would you turn around and say no? I mean, well, some of us might do, and we'll come back to that later. But you probably wouldn't. You'd probably say yes. Why? Well, firstly, the gift is awesome. Like, come on, Iron Man Super Suit. Sign me up. That sounds epic. But more importantly, because Iron Man himself has come into the room offering you this gift. So you know it's the real thing. You know it's the real deal. And you know that if Iron Man is inviting you to be part of helping the world, you say yes. You say yes because you're being invited to be part of something bigger than yourself. And by his grace, that is what God does for us. He gives us the real thing. He gives us the real gifts, the true powers and characteristics and qualities we need to help his kingdom advance on earth to see people saved, to see lives healed, to see justice prevail, to see the poor loved and the naked clothed and the hungry fed, we get to play a part in God's big mission and he gives us gifts to help us do that. And that's the first point of three we've got this afternoon, that's all. That number one, the giver of the gift is better than the gift. We can't forget that. The giver of the gift is better than the gift. We can't put our gifts on a pedestal. We can't deceive ourselves into thinking that we've earned our gifts or created them ourselves or that we're invincible because of them or the worst one, that we're a great Christian because of them. We can only see our gifts as a complete act of grace. 
a generous offering from God to take part in something bigger than ourselves. They've got nothing to do with us. And if we get prideful about them or reliant on them, then we'll see our own downfall. We'll stick with our superhero analogy. Like every superhero movie storyline, the villain takes a downfall because they had this good gift. And then they got power hungry or they got prideful and they started to use that gift in the wrong way and for the wrong reasons, for their own gain, for evil. And a little fun fact, there's only one gift listed in the Bible that's meant for the individual, for your own benefit, and that is the gift of tongues. And even then, that gift, God encourages us to use publicly and pray for someone to be there to interpret it so that it blesses everyone. The gifts God gives us are not for us. They are there to help us to do the two things that Jesus told us are the greatest of commandments, to love God and to love his people. The giver of the gift is better than the gift. And number two, what gift has the giver given me? Try and say that over and over again. (laughs) Well, the good news is you all have at least one. Uh, The slightly trickier thing, though, can be figuring out what that is and how to use it. Um, And it's important to clarify at this point, coming back to our passage, that the gifts Paul lists here um, in our passage are not finite. He's being illustrative rather than descriptive. He's just chucking some ideas out there about potential gifts we could be talking about, but they're not the only ones. Um, In fact, there are four different gift lists in the Bible with over 20 different gifts listed. And I still don't think, I might be wrong, but I still don't think they're the only gifts ever to exist. So there's a whole lot of gifts out there that you could have. Congratulations. Gifts can be both natural and spiritual. They can be part of how we're made and how we're wired and how we're created, as well as clear gifts that are given to us by the Holy Spirit that possess spiritual qualities like prophecy and healing. And they might be a gift you have forever, or they might just be a gift that you have for a time. But those of you with an exceptional capacity for admin, that's a gift. Well done. I don't have that one, and I'm glad you do. (laughs) Those of you who can sit and listen to someone for hours without feeling the need to jump in with your own opinion and just make them feel heard, that's a gift. Those of you who can cook the most delicious food or make people feel warm and loved and welcomed when they come to your home and when you host them, that's a gift. So a great place to start is, what am I good at? What am I good at? What, and what makes me come alive? I love thinking about it in this way. Because I believe that there's, there's a crossover moment, right, with, with our own spirit and with God's Holy Spirit live inside us, where when we step into using the gifts God's given us, Something happens. I wish I could articulate it well, but there's just a great sense of oneness with God. Like your whole being comes alive and you know deep in your soul that the gift you're using is glorifying God and it's helping his people. And for me, that's, that's when I write a spoken word and deliver it to people. That whole creative process, it, it draws me closer to Jesus. And, and when I get to deliver it, I honestly, hands down, feel the closest to God that I do in more than most moments in life. It's like I can feel the Father smiling at me and giving me that nod to say, I've given you this. Well done for using it well. It pleases me. And I promise you, there'll be an equivalent for you. It might bring a slightly different feeling. It might look vastly different to spoken word. But there will be gifts that you have that when you use them, it shifts the atmosphere. It draws you closer to Jesus. And you just have a sense of it being bigger than you. 
You might be surprised to know, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, I'm sure he won't. You might be surprised to know that our very own Simon Ponsonby is a huge fan of the TV show, The Voice. I found this out recently. Uh, it's one of my favorite facts at the moment. And we were sharing some videos together recently of our favorite contestants from The Voice. And so I just asked him, Simon, what is it that you love about this show? And he said to me, nothing brings me more joy than seeing those people get up on stage and discover what they're meant to do and step into their destiny. It makes me cry. It was just really precious. It was a lovely moment. And whilst that might speak a little bit more into calling and destiny or any other words you have for it, it all starts with gifts. Those guys know they can sing. So they get up on the stage and they sing. And then it makes us happy when we hear those people who can sing really well sing. And I don't know about you, but it's been a few times I've heard people sing live and there's something that's heavenly about it. Even if they're not a Christian, it's, there's something divine about it because they're using what they've been given and it's beautiful. And maybe for you, making the most complex spreadsheet that works brilliantly and helps reduce people's stress and workload makes your heart flutter. Or when you stand in front of your bottom set math class and help make algebra understandable for children who need encouraging that they can understand it, just lifts your spirit. Or maybe that moment when you're stitching someone back together knowing you've just performed a surgery that's going to prolong their life deep down gives you this feeling of peace and reassurance that you're using the gifts you've been given. We all have different gifts that we need to use. And there will also be gifts that don't give us quite that same euphoric feeling, but they're things we're still passionate about. We still love using and we can see the way it blesses God's people and the way it worships the Lord. And they can be big things, they can have big impacts and small impacts. It doesn't need to feel like every gift we have is this big, obvious superpower but just something that God has given you to help others. And what do I mean by that? Well, I've mentioned spoken word being something I believe God has given me, but what I also feel is a gift I've obtained from the Lord is the ability to make up silly, catchy songs about food, um, just, you know, on the spot. And you might be thinking, Emily, that's ridiculous. (laughs) What are you talking about? I can sing you some of them afterwards if you want, but not right now. Well, come on a journey with me. Uh, A little while ago, I used to be a live-in nanny for a family uh, who had a a one-and-a-half-year-old who was on a bit of a a tricky journey deciding what food they liked. It could change every day. It was infuriating, but it was okay. And then they would cry because they were hungry and they needed to eat, but they wouldn't be eating the things that I gave them. How frustrating. And so in that moment, you better pray to the Lord that he will give you a silly song in about 20 seconds that will shift the spiritual atmosphere and do a 180 in the mind of that toddler so that they will think that that pita bread is the best flipping pita bread they've ever eaten in their life. And you know what? I use that gift most days and it worked and I praise the Lord for it. And they're still some of the best songs I've ever written. Um, It might feel like a small and insignificant gift, but it did make a difference to that child and thankfully to my my life for many, many days. We have gifts, big or small, with obvious blessings or slightly more hidden ones, but we have to use them. And as long as we keep our eyes on the giver and stay faithful to using the gifts around us, uh, the gifts he's given us, we can make a huge difference to the world around us. And the other bit of good news is that alongside what we're good at and what makes us come alive is we don't have to figure this out on our own. Woo, friends. Hopefully you've been with us for the last two weeks um, of exploring Romans 12 together, but if you haven't, I really encourage you to catch up online. 
Um, but in week one, uh, Stephen spoke to us about how the transformation comes from, how transformation comes from living life on God's altar, being surrendered to him and willing to live wholeheartedly for him. And then last week, Mark was unpacking what it means for us to be the body of Christ. How we're meant to exist within the body and not apart from it. And how we all make up different parts of the same body. And so if last week we were asking, what body part am I? This week we're asking, what gifts do I have to help me be that body part and function as I ought to? And so who better than to help us figure out our gifts? The body of Christ, the other parts of the body. Yes, our family and friends, our small group leaders, our mentors, our church leaders, faithful followers of Jesus that we know are in our lives to help highlight our gifts. And the other good news is it's not rocket science. If you use your gifts and help your body part to function, the rest of the body can recognize that and say, well done for doing your function and doing your part well. And if you're desperately trying to use gifts that you don't have, the body won't receive that well because you'll hinder the functioning of the rest of the body. And quite often the people around us help to highlight our gifts without even realizing and there's two really simple things that we can ask ourselves to unpack this more. What things, skills, talents, attributes do people affirming you and thank you for? Maybe that is, you're a really great listener, or I always feel very safe around you, or I love it when you host me at your house because I feel so welcome. But equally, we should ask ourselves, what things, skills, talents, attributes do people not affirm in you or actually kindly discourage? Because that's an important thing to listen to as well. It's a good place to start. It's good and healthy and fruitful to listen to the body of Christ around us. Because we live in a world that promotes stinking for you and yourself only. And quite frankly, it's foolish. God made us to live in community, to be a part of one body so that we can help one another. And the hard part sometimes of accepting that is that sometimes the body of Christ is loving us well when it says, hey mate, maybe that thing is not your gift. I'm sure if I tried to paint for people to bless them, they would feel anything other than blessed. And my friends have been lovingly challenging in the past in highlighting that painting and drawing are not my thing and that's okay because they're someone else's thing. And if we all make up different parts of one body, then there'll be a gift I need to have and use that someone else won't. And the same goes the other way around. We live in a fallen world that makes us prone to comparison and coveting. And I don't know about you, but I spend an awful lot of time wishing I had other people's gifts wishing that I would see more healings or that I'd be able to make prophetic predictions about the future of the church, but I'm yet to see it, to be honest. And you know what? In those moments, I don't think God sat with me saying, yeah, um, it's a real shame I didn't give you that gift. No, he's lovingly pointing me back towards what he has given me and kindly challenging me to stop wasting time and energy comparing and wishing for other people's things. Because it'll only lead us to start squeezing ourselves into the shoes of someone we're not meant to be. And we can all sense that as well. We've all been there. We all had that teacher at school who we all knew every single class and lesson we had with them. They were never, ever meant to be a teacher. <laughs> or we've had that friend who's absolutely adamant that they love using their gift of cooking and hosting to bless us, but they can't even make beans on toast takes good. 
And if we force ourselves into trying to have other people's gifts, gifts that aren't ours, whether we're meant to have them now or ever, then if we force ourselves into that, we just cease to bless others. We cease to do the things the gifts are really meant to do and love the people well around us. And we waste time and we waste what we've actually been given because we're not using that instead. God gives gifts. It's completely incredible that he even gives them to us in the first place. It's ridiculously generous. So the least we can do is spend time identifying those gifts and using them. God has given you gifts. Know them and show them. If you don't take away anything else today, just take away that. You've got a gift, know it, show it. But maybe for you, you're having trouble with the showing part. Maybe you're like, I know my gift, but I'm just having trouble showing it. And that leads us to our last point, just a quick one. Number three, what's getting in the way of the gift? The giver is better than the gift. What gift has the giver given me? (laughs) What's getting in the way of the gift? I found it really interesting in our passage how Paul doesn't just list the gifts. Honestly, guys, it's a tongue twister today. But he also gives instruction. Uh, I interpret it as a little bit of a kick up the bum. And um, it got me asking, why is he doing that? Why those specific instructions? And it made me wonder, perhaps he's calling out the things that could get in the way of us using our gifts in the first place, or what's causing us to not use the gift properly. The passage says, if you're going to prophesy, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So maybe there were some people with the gift of prophecy who didn't really fully know what they believed in. Maybe they weren't committed to the reading of God's word and knowing his truth and his instruction. And so that stopped them practicing prophecy altogether. Or maybe they did practice prophecy, but they practiced it badly because they had poor theology because they didn't read the Bible much. What's getting in your way? The next bit says, if it is to give, then give generously. So maybe others knew they had the gift of giving, but they didn't feel like they had much to give, so they didn't give. Or they did give, but they didn't really give very much. What's getting in your way? It says if it's to lead, do it diligently. Maybe some of those with the gift of leadership were too afraid of not being able to do it well, so they didn't do it at all. Or others did, and they were careless, and they were lazy and selfish about it. The list goes on. For you, it could be pride. Or it could be insecurity and lack of confidence, or maybe even both. Or maybe it's just a practical thing, like a lack of resource or something that you need to use your gift. And so it feels like an impossible barrier to get through, and so you don't use your gift. Or for others of us, maybe it's just that actually means someone to teach us and train us. Part of using our gifts well is getting help to use them better. Find an older prophet to teach you how to prophesy. Find an experienced preacher to teach you how to preach. Find a singing teacher to help you look after your voice so that you can lead worship for hours rather than three songs. Read books, listen to talks, get people to pray with you, find a mentor to walk the journey with you. We need to be intentional about looking after and growing what God has given us for as long as we have it. Because some gifts are for a lifetime, some gifts are just for a season, but if it's been given to you, then you better use it. Don't waste the super suit if it's coming your way. In just these three short verses, Paul is basically saying, roll up your sleeves and muck in. You've got gifts, so use them. 
With each gift, remember to use it, harness it, and practice it properly. And most importantly, remember the gift is not who you are. It's not to be glorified. We have to make sure to only worship the giver of the gifts and use those gifts for the good of others. And maybe there's a way you can use them here. One of the best ways you can practice and grow your gift is to do it within the safety of God's family. I challenge you today to think about, is there a team that you can join that will be blessed by your gifts? If you're patient and kind and love kids, come to me and let's serve the kids together and disciple them together. If you have a gift in hosting and welcoming people, please join the welcome and hospitality team. If you have a gift of showing mercy, join the ACT team. If you have a gift of playing the bass, join the worship team. The list goes on. There's so many ways that you can get involved here and have people come alongside you and train you and grow you. But we also need to be empowered, and I'm coming into land now, don't worry, that our gifts are not just meant for Sundays and being inside a physical church building. They are for every single day. This is a great place to practice them and grow them, but let's be empowered to think intentionally about how we can use them every day or in specific ways or generous ways or sacrificial ways. Has God given you gifts? Yes. Has he given you specific ones for a reason? Yes. Does he delight in you using them well? Yes. You've been given gifts. Know them and show them. Amen.